What are you doing out in the snow? It's 32 degrees below zero Celsius and my dad is working hard looking beyond the extents of hypothermia, hypochondria and all the elements combined, he works to build a fence. A true servant, a true worker, a true exhibit of hard work and ethics. This is my father in whom I am well pleased. Hey, it's me again. Does your job still suck? Are you still mad at your job and therefore life sucking? Then you should join the Bitcoin podcast Slack, where the people there don't suck, or at least their jobs don't. So, in essence, their lives don't either. Join the Slack. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This is episode 383. Is it? I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Take a look at it. Take a look at it. You can think I'm going straight from the dome. Straight memory. That's right. Uh, you know, welcome to, to episode 283 of the Bitcoin Podcast. I'm the host that talks first, Dimitri. I am another host that is now back in the game that usually talks second. And I'm the host that talks the third, Jesse Broke. Yeah. We're actually using the same special effects from Lord of the Rings to make Jesse appear really tiny. Uh, yeah. Just like Frodo. We're really, we really get an awesome view of Jesse's upper wall. Absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, <laughs> he appears small, but the power of his hair is mighty. How you doing? What are you, what are you doing? What do you see? You reclining in a love sack? What's going on? Who, me? Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesse. Me? Yeah, where, where are you sitting? Why are you looking? Why are you, why are you so why are you so low? I don't know. Look how big D is. Yeah. Look, at the, look at the commanding presence of Demetri. 
That's right. I take up the frame. <laughs> I don't know. The camera's far. I get frame. Yeah. So, you know, a lot has happened in crypto since we last put out an episode, and a lot has happened in our lives since we last. Uh, you know, I'm in Vegas right now, fellas. That's what I'm doing right oh, that's now. That's not your new. That's not your new snazzy apartment with like nice lights and a blurred painting. No, that is Aria's decor. Uh, we're out here, you know. Sometimes you gotta slide out to Vegas, you know, for work. So that's why that's what we're doing. But enough about that. We're gonna actually talk about crypto today, right? A lot, a lot's been going on in the world of crypto. It's hard to explain. You know what's crazy is that we're still really early in this. I'm here at the casino talking to people, and there's like, I don't care about it i don't know about it i almost don't want to know about it um wait you, know. you said you're at the casino talking to people Can yeah you like explain that a little bit like how are you talking to people how are you bringing it up how are you engaging them who are these people are you like at a black tech table like do you know crypto exists and they're like go fuck yourself so, I'm so first and foremost i'm a fucking baller i just want to put that out so I'm a pre- no, I'm kidding. Uh, we we're chilling at the black tag t- table, and you know, you are at a black tag table, and you're introducing crypto people. Yeah, I got a sign up that says I'm the crypto guy. <laughs> no, it's just you know, in conversation, we're talking, and then people are like, oh, what do you do? How are you here? And, you know, I explain all that, um, and then you know, my uh, um, my coworker, he's like. Yeah, you know, and D knows crypto. He's got a Bitcoin podcast and blah, 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 blah. You know how the conversation goes, Corey. You're just chilling and then, you know, people, you know. Next time, look at him and go, it isn't a Bitcoin podcast. It is the <laughs> Bitcoin podcast. But, you know, it, does, it doesn't matter. I'm just realizing that the arg- the only thing that I could say that stuck with them because they didn't, they're still not grasping the concept. It hit me like a lightning bolt. I was like, look, Sitting right in front of that lady right there dealing out these cars is about four million dollars. And but is that dollars? And they were like, well, no, they're chips. I'm like, all right, they're tokens of money. So like if that can if that can help you understand that value can be imparted in things, then now people have imparted value in Bitcoin. Right. And I was like, the difference between Bitcoin and them chips is I could take Bitcoin in my phone and spend it anywhere on the planet or convert it to a local currency it's not just a, a token that belongs to this one casino and they were like oh, okay that kind of makes sense and i was like i'm glad something kind of makes sense to y'all because i've been talking to y'all all <laughs> doing this for about a decade now yeah. and- <laughs> so um we're just so crazy early it just blows my mind i think it's uh, interesting about that right that that engagement is you explained the most basic part of this incredibly complex ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Like, right, say, mm-hmm. you know, you. the problem is on the flip side of that is the person you were talking to has heard about the other things in this complex ecosystem. So you can explain Bitcoin to them. Hey, here's it's this like financial payment system that doesn't have an intermediary or making sure that I gave you something digitally and I don't have it anymore. Real digital scarcity called Bitcoin. 
they're like, all right, what's an NFT? And you're like, fuck. How do I how do I how do I go from that to NFTs? It's a trading card. No, just <laughs> yeah, but like sure. Why, why why is this trading card worth two million dollars and Mark Cubans cares about? It? Like uh, yeah, it's it's how do you uh, how do you justify that part when we're having such a hard time explaining just the mere concept of digital scarcity and these networks that enable it? I think when you communicate about any complicated topic, you cut it down and distill it for the knowledge that that basically the the receiver has that you know that they have. And I mean, the nuances are lost, right? We know that. And so when you talk about NFTs, like offhandedly, I say trading cards, but of course, we know that they're more complex than that. But to somebody who you don't know what they know but you can assume a baseline level of common knowledge, like, you know, trading cards, then I guess you can start there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a way to start, especially differentiating it from Bitcoin or Ethereum or Ripple or whatever the hell people have heard about Dogecoin, Shiba. Yeah. Moonsafe, apparently, is something that's popular in public domain. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, don't, I don't know what people are hearing or where they're hearing it from, but it's mostly garbage. And when... When you try to explain the underpinnings or like why it matters, it's really difficult because more often than not, still, and I think this is going to maintain the main course of interest for most people. It's an investment vehicle. It's not mm-hmm. changing anyone's lives other than maybe it makes them more wealthy than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Or for at least the people we talk to, right? Yeah. No, even normal people. Normal people look at NFTs the way that we looked at ICOs back in 2017. NFT is just not changing, not allowing you to do anything right now. Mm -hmm. That's new. It's like, oh, I'm doing this thing, or like I'm getting this thing Mm -hmm. for what I used to do that may end up becoming worth. Like, say for instance, like if I go to a Dallas Mavericks game today, Mm -hmm. I get an NFT for going to the Dallas Mavericks game. For some reason, because he's, okay. you know, Mark Cuban's all in, like balls in on NFTs. What does that do for me? It's a trading card, basically, that may, I may be able to do something with later on down the line. Mm-hmm. That's how most people will view it. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more to that entire concept. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure how to like talk about it, care or talk about it. Like, I, I, I mean, I will because. We're building stuff with status to do it, but until that's out there and I can give it to them, it's not, it's not, it's not something worth talking about. Yeah, it, it, it's tough. It's really tough to explain, and especially the, the some of the concepts and the narratives over the years, like programmable money. I almost can't say that anymore. Dude. Because, go ahead. I'm just trying to, I'm not just like lamenting on what you're saying. Imagine <laughs> trying to explain, actually, uh, so I bought a house and I moved in and all my grandparents, like so, so all my child's grandparents. So like my mother and my, my wife's parents came and came and like helped out while we moved stuff in. Right. Mm-hmm. And the concept of the avalanche chickens came up because <laughs> I bought my wife a chicken for, for shits and giggles for her, and sir. she loves it. And she tried to explain it to them. They're like, it, what and because it has 
further dynamics. And whether or not I try to explain like how the eggs feed and then how I then stake those things to make Joe and more feed and all of that, like all the dynamics associated with tokens that are generated from, egg, from chickens, you, you can't do it. There's no way to do that unless you're like incredibly deep into this ecosystem. And mm -hmm. I don't think that's like, how do you, how do you make games that make it more accessible to people to do this type of stuff or understand they basically like high finance, but for games. You're asking how, how, how do you do that? That's what we're doing, right? Like we're making games that mm -hmm. is high finance. Like I'm, these, these, yeah. these are leveraged positions. Right. Basically right. Asked, right. But yeah. in game form. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not doing? not all of them are like that, but um, certainly, like chickens was. Mm -hmm. um, how do you are you asking like how do you get people to understand that though? Yeah, money, you, you right? Get them to care because yeah, they may make money, but like yeah, in the same process, you're probably gonna they're not gonna understand it very well, and then they're susceptible to this mm -hmm. fraud and losing their money mismanaging their wallet, losing their password, all the problems of naivety in this ecosystem, which happened with Sol. Yeah. Um, look, it's, it's <laughs> one, I want to speak on chicken because I'm thoroughly involved in chicken. And it's like the first, you got some chicken, it's man. the first real <laughs> NFT project that caught my eye, not because it's doing anything phenomenal, which I think it is doing some low key phenomenal things. But it's just, it's like, it's fun. And I think it's going to be even more fun if I ever get audited and people are like, so what do you, what do you, what do you mean you swapped your egg for USDC on a weekly basis? Where's this income coming from? And I'm going to be like, look, it's, it's, yeah. So I was, I was tending to my chickens. I have these chickens. One of them, one of my buddies that I work with named his chicken recently. The Gladi Egger. Uh, and I was like, very good, very good with the pun. Ooh, nice. Uh, you're my wife named hers Giovanna. Yep. So that's there's a lot of there. cock talk going Just on. Went straight too, for a name. Which is good. You can balk for some cock. Uh block block. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 but these NFT projects is 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 neat because they do make money and it's hard for me to explain to people. And they're like, What do you mean you're making $200 a day from this digital shit or whatever. And it's like, I, I can't explain it to you. You just got to get involved. You got to get involved. And I guess I say all this to say that, um, Corey, like it's true. What we, what we've been saying for years, the fact that, um, good to go. You might want to take that one too. You might want to look at that one too. Was <laughs> uh, we're gonna be middlemen, bro. There's no way around it. I'm explaining to like five dudes last night. They're 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 not you know vagabonds. They're they're what they they're very successful dudes. They they do their own thing. They don't have the time to learn it, right? And I'm just as I'm talking to them, I'm like yeah, it's gonna be undeniable for me to be a middleman for for GPPs to not because they're not gonna understand. That no one's ever going to want to understand. We've talked about this before, and we're going to keep yeah. talking about it. That's okay. okay. <laughs> it, 
the only difference is that when someone gets upset with their middleman, they can exit. They can take, they can, or if they're, if they're interested, whether they're upset with them or they just want to learn more and they want to take more self-custody of their own assets, they have the ability to do that. We're building infrastructure that gives you the ability to do that. There's always going to be middlemen because people don't give a shit. They don't have the time. They don't, they're, they're focused on something else. They don't care. They don't want to care. They're, they're paying someone else to worry about that for them. But for the people that do care, they have options, whereas now they don't. And so that's what we're building is an infrastructure that gives those people options. And that's the way it's going to be. Like that, that, that's, the, that's probably the proper way it should be. Do you, let me ask you this question. So, um, I mean, you guys are familiar, you guys are familiar with Neopets, right? Back in the early 2000s. And I heard the name. Okay. So it's essentially like management of a digital animal kind of digital creature. Right. Yeah. And by interacting with said creature, you know, they evolved. Um, no, that was, a I think a Tamagotchi. Yeah. Neopets, there was a, a platform to trade them and okay. to, to battle them and to all these things that you can do with chicken and they have them, right? Except there was no crypto involved. It was just Neopet coins or whatever they, they used, right? So the dynamics are very similar, um, but but different. Again, when, when we're talking about like Axie Infinity, the 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 concept of middlemen already exists in the way that there are people who issue these things called scholarships right to people who are interested in managing essentially what would be chickens for you guys but for axie infinity the little axes um and and basically battling them oh, for the SRP. Hero, but you need to you gotta yeah. click the buttons to do the things yeah so there are people who like are literally giving out loans slash they they call them scholarships to people who are essentially managing the the digital creature and and yield farming because they don't have the time to click. So I mean there's there are already existing middlemen businesses and then they they guise it under under the the I'm giving them a, a way for them to pay for their college in like a third world country by giving them this quote unquote scholarship of managing my digital assets. But they are that's the thing is that like they guise it under that but these people are actually making money. Uh, it depends, right? Because there's an economic buy-in to participate in a scholarship, potentially. There's some okay. sort of buy-in, whether that's like social buy-in. Exactly. Exactly. And so how do you how do you create middlemen systems without it being predatory? Well, that's the thing, is that uh, if you have this is something I've been trying to get out more broadly, and this is, this is, I think, fundamental to the entire ecosystem, is the more inclusive and generalized of a platform you create, mm -hmm. the more likely there is to be scammers, fraud, pyramid schemes, whatever, because you're enabling people to do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And that gives people the, the freedom to do whatever the hell they want, and some people will want to take advantage of others. And if you don't mm -hmm. have the, and if you don't have the moderation built into the system to handle those mm -hmm. people, then yep. they will do it and they will right. succeed probably. Right. But so what's what that what's the cost, right? So like is it is, is the benefit worth the cost? Is 
giving people freedom to have better access to financial instruments or high finance or all the other things worth it to also have these fraudsters come in at the same time. And over time, if this is the backdrop of the internet, do people become more aware of these things, thus making the concept of, or like the like of the, the likelihood that fraudsters succeed lower? I don't know the answer to this because it's really hard and complicated. And when something is really hard and complicated, that's an opportunity to take, take, take advantage of naivety, especially if there's money involved. So we're building a incredibly inclusive system that's incredibly complex. That's money. So that simultaneously gives people access to incredibly powerful financial instruments that can better their lives, but also puts them in a position to be taken advantage of based on their naivety because they've never had these things before. Mm-hmm. I think I think like pay to earn is turning into micro loans for and and micro loans can help a community, but they can also hurt a community. It just depends on who's who's doing that and the system that you're saying exactly. Uh, what you're saying is, are there built-in safeguards to prevent malicious behavior that is like predatory because the the inclusiveness is too broad. When are I think people gonna stop fucking believing that if they just click a button, they're that's gonna not get a rich. thing that stops though, man. There's gonna be a Nigerian prince everywhere, everywhere, right? Like that's never gonna stop. It doesn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't know. It's it's such a bad. I, we put in a tremendous amount of effort in this ecosystem trying to understand what's going on. And I think those who, those of us who have been along here or under long enough, who've done a lot of work, have been financially rewarded for that. And the amount of that reward is probably much, much, much larger than those who have put in a tremendous amount of sweat equity into a traditional job. We've been very, very blessed with, with like, financial freedom by being in this industry, which makes people think they can do the same thing. And you hear time and time again of people being in this industry earlier, getting stupid rich, and then fucking off because of a few decisions they made. So people think they can do the same thing. It's the That gets taken advantage of. Is that always going to be the case for this industry? Shouldn't be. I hope not. But it's still, yeah. it still is today. It's the building tools thing that like... Um this industry needs, it needs some, some tools to be built out a lot better than it has. And it's good that there's always people actively working on it. Right. I think that people, they look at people's success from this space and think, like you said, Corey, they think that somebody hit the jackpot, but they didn't hit the jackpot. They were building in this space for a very long time and whatever they built caught on. I guarantee anyone who comes and services my new house and sees me walk out the door, they're going to be yeah. like, look at this huge bag. There's somebody Why is he in house? right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yes, I do have the sauce. <laughs> so, yes, we have the, we have the sauce. No. Speaking of NFTs, you want to watch me try and make we're gonna an NFT we're gonna on, get on to screen? that. You could we 
we could do that while we're talking. Yeah, yeah we're going to make an NFT, guys. Yeah, this is how it's talking. done. This is how it's Just fucking say. done. Somebody say, hey, you put the NFT. This is how it's done. <laughs> we're going to make an NFT. How about we say that? Inc. For those who are curious, this is just a, a little platform for drawing cheap NFTs and putting them on, uh, I think it's the XI network, which you can push them over. Oh, okay. Y'all tell me what you build and I'll, and I'll build it. What episode is this? I got a new, I got a new Stiffy drawing model. I'll try it out. So it's what, that's what we're doing. Did this. I do you think should, do you think we should like change the narrative so that we're not just saying we're drawing an NFT and like specifically say like we're we're drawing an image that there's going to be a token on the blockchain that points to this image and in you know rather than like generalizing what an NFT is where the nuances are lost and then people buy into the idea that you know flip an NFT for money we can start educating I'm people. I'm buying the thing that points to this image. Yeah, yeah. I'm not buying the image. Yeah. Well, we can't make it. We can't make it that specific. It's 383? It doesn't catch. I know, that's the thing. It's like the things that are catchy have to be simple narratives, but they become abusable from like a consumption standpoint because they turn into like lottery tickets, right? People think they're going to hit it big if they if they mint, you know, something from a collection that's been big before or is owned by somebody famous or whatever. Hey, but people, you should know what you're signing on for. You know what I'm saying? People should know. People yeah, but they don't know. know. That's the thing. Into. And if you don't know, that's your fault. That's it. Like, that's why that, that's why crypto is so dangerous for most people. It's because if you don't know what you're doing, you can fuck yeah. yourself up. And there's a whole lot of places yeah. that are going to prevent you from fucking yourself up, right? We, should we do a shameless plug yeah, right now? That's true. I think that's a good segue into a shameless plug yes. for the Dad Dow is a place where you can learn how to not fuck yourself up. That's right. That's a good way of yeah. saying it. Yeah, um, okay. Jesse, I'm not going to lie to you. You being so tiny does throw off my fucking way a little bit like you literally look. <laughs> you, yeah, you're like a tiny person. You right look now. like, a, like a tiny person from Lord. You do. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just was thinking if there were any Asian Frodo's. Next time, uh, I'll, I'll make sure that I'm 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 yeah, centered in have the a picture woke moment and right larger. Now. I didn't see any uh, black Frodo's, and I didn't see any Asian Frodo's. Or Hispanic Frodo's in that movie, right? Mm -hmm. I'm about to write. <laughs> we need to contact our JR Token to figure out. Where, where wait, there were no black characters. Uh, I think that what yeah, they were, were trying to say, the orcs were the black, yeah, they were people, orcs. which is a whole other thing. Right? We're not even gonna go into that. Right? <laughs> um. <clears throat> But, but sorry, not to get off, not to get off topic. Let's get back. Have we informed the audience that we have? I remember being there. Now, I've been out for a month. I, I know that the listeners have realized that because I haven't been talking for a month. Uh, they know that we are no longer going to be the Bitcoin podcast in a matter of short time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and everything's moving over to hashing it out. We have no details mm -hmm. as to what that migration looks like. Mm -hmm. We don't, um, but we are excited. You know, it, it gives us a little, see right now, audience, there's a little bit of monkey on our back because we are the Bitcoin podcast, but Bitcoin is kind of boring to us and people, um, you know, it just makes, I, I know when I say boring. That, it just isn't, it, it, it doesn't encompass the ecosystem like it used to, right? Like when you said Bitcoin back in 2015, when we started this thing, it meant everything. Yeah. That for damn sure doesn't mean that now. Mm -hmm. We're still talking about everything. Yeah. So, and we're way past the time when the capital B was the tech and the lowercase b was the currency. I'm not even worth talking about anymore. That's all that's nobody, so far gone. Nobody gives a shit about that shit anymore. So, we are going to move to hashing it out where we will have conversations that are a little bit deeper and a little bit wider than what we talk about on this show. So, um, we're looking forward to that transition. And, you know, you guys come in as our core audience over to that transition. So speaking of which, talking about things out of, outside of Bitcoin, we've got Avalanche, we've got Solana. This is the one thing I hate about the crypto market is that it's so irrational. And it's just like, what was that saying? Like the market will stay irrational for longer than you'll stay solvent. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Solana, which goes down all the time and all these other i think the, in the top 10 cryptos there's just stuff that just frankly doesn't belong there uh but the market has is demanding it there i i guess and when it comes to the quote on the tech the tech tech winners aren't winning per se when it comes to the dollar value of them and it was funny. We had an interview, Corey, uh, Jesse and I, with a woman named Tasha. She's like an investor um, slash crypto Twitter. Yeah, I wanted to be on that one. That one seemed pretty good. And uh, it was funny because she just shut Jesse down. And Jesse was like, she's really, she's like, I'm big on Solana and I'm big on Ethereum, whatever. And Jesse was like, yeah, but they don't work. And then she was like, no, no, no. I, I, specifically, I, I specifically wanted to talk about I believe Solana, right? And about how it it's had downtime. And I, I wanted to talk about that, right? But because she didn't want to talk about Solana because her investments are Solana, she didn't want to talk about anything bad about Solana is what I got. Yeah. She was only interested in talking about the pros of her bags rather than the cons. Yeah. Yeah. And she didn't want, she didn't want to talk about it. So I brought it up again to her, Jesse, on Twitter. I was like, hey, we can't. Oh. Oh, you shut it down. I'm gonna ask you the question here in front of everybody on Twitter. What okay. why do you think the best tech isn't going to win? And she still hasn't answered my tweet. I don't think I have enough followers for her to answer my tweet. You know, I need to have five digit followers. You got enough followers for her to join the show. Yeah. Yeah. We need what are you writing? Corey, are you writing what people should uh I'm writing the top ten. This is top ten. Uh, Binance. You know, there's another exchange token dropping called like BNCT. And it's like got all of the most popular centralized exchanges outside of Coinbase backing it. And BNCT, like, Bitcoin Connect? No. no. <laughs> like the second iteration? 
know what it's called, but you know, oh. there's there's been so many developments. I want to talk about. There's one development that was very funny to me is like the the Congress, the U.S. Congress, is already starting to paint the picture in verbiage that mm-hmm. one day they're just gonna take USDC and it's gonna be the government's, right? And that's not like cool, but it also is kind of very American, right? Like it is. Like the Federal Reserve is a bunch of private banks. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny to me. It's not all just a, pri- a bunch of private banks, right? There's different allocations of yeah. ownership over it. But I mean, you, 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 can, that, you can generalize yeah. it like that, I guess. We went down that rabbit hole some years ago, Jesse. We were like, yeah. what is the Federal Reserve? And it got mm-hmm. so weird. Like, why does anybody complain that crypto is too complex when this shit right here is yeah. like, you got to have a degree and economics just to understand what the fuck the federal reserve is so um how they print money i think yeah you might need to like to understand the underpinnings of how they adjust what they adjust but like in terms of who owns what i think that's i mean there's like there's like an easy to digest mm -hmm. like pie graph right and you can see what percentage is owned by by which private entities yeah we should give the audience some hopium Right. Oh, okay. I'm gonna give the audience some hopium right now. So, when it comes to crypto, the largest and still sustainable threat to crypto is that governments will ban it. Right, because that makes it harder to get it, your hands on it, harder to do commerce with it. It's just tough, right? And there's a the talk of central bank digital currency. That's the hardest existential threat to crypto in a, in the, in, a, in a given ecosystem. Say again, Corey. That's that's more, in my opinion, that's a, that's more of an existential existential threat to crypto in a particular ecosystem. What do you mean by unravel that? Yeah, what do you like, mean? Particular? Say, say a particular government bans crypto. Mm-hmm. The residents within that jurisdiction of that government no longer have access to that crypto. It doesn't kill the crypto. Mm-hmm. It kills the crypto for people in that jurisdiction and their ability to use it. Well, legal use. But like, look at China. China. Like they've gone back and forth. They banned things. They kept things. They banned things. They did their own. But while like I, I would still venture a guess that a good portion of cryptocurrency transactions are still routed through China. Yeah. People are people in China still have cryptocurrency. It's just more yeah. difficult to then turn it into fiat. Or they take on additional risk in order to use that type of thing. And so, like, and it also depends on the cryptocurrency. If it's like, if China makes a cryptocurrency and then removes it, removes it then yeah, that kills it. But just because a given jurisdiction makes it more difficult to access a globally dispersed asset doesn't kill it. It hinders it, hinders its adoption and its use case for sure, because all the people are no longer using it. But yeah. it doesn't kill it. Do you think there's some hopium in the fact that India banned Bitcoin and now they've gone 180 and now it's legal? I don't know if it's legal tender, but it's legal, but they're applying a 30% VAT tax when you spend it, which is fucking hefty. Right, a lot. Thirty percent. Thirty percent. 
that's basically the same as what we have. It's a thirty percent capital gains tax spending it, assuming yeah. you spend it within a year of getting it. Yeah, mm -hmm. if if you spend it in a in a year, which makes it a current asset, and you spend it, then you're that's also like you're spending thirty percent. Well, maybe not the same because you're only doing it on the difference of its value from when you bought it when you bought it. But like doing that accounting is a fucking nightmare. So it definitely encourages you to not spend it. In my opinion. And now I'm That's going new. to go through these. What's Luna? That's new. One. I don't know what these are. I, see I don't know what these are. You SRP, I see Luna. US Remember when Neo was a top five and then it disappeared? Remember when Neo was Ant shares? Yeah. How does it even make sense that USDC is in the top 10 when USDC is just a staple coin? Just doesn't make sense. There's the supply. The supply of it, right? Because that's all this is. <laughs> what the fuck is this? I think Luna's another chain, Corey. Luna's a Luna's a whole another blockchain, right? So now we're living in this multi-chain world, right? Um, sorry, I, I keep switching topics, but uh, I am on the you know what I mean. So we're living in this multi-chain world. We got Luna. We have Solana. Somebody needs to investigate Luna. We have. You know, I don't see um, what I'm calling for is something I called for back in 2017, which is more a rapid uh, consolidation around some standards because it can't just keep getting more and more and more complex. Like, I feel like that's not sustainable. Now we got multi-chains, which is kind of cool. I'm not going to lie to you from a personal standpoint, when I do EtherScan and Snowtrace and I'm using the same exact C chain address, and then I can just swap between the Ethereum chain, swap between uh, Polymatic, I think it is. Um, and you can see your value on all of those chains, which is trippy and cool at the same time. But I just wish there would be some like rally around standards. I think Avalanche tries to push that it wants to be the standard. But Avalanche is like, you know, I feel like they're pushy. That's all I'm going to say. I feel like, <laughs> what? I do. I feel like Avalanche. Every blockchain has like a personality. Avalanche is pushy. Avalanche. What is Solana? What is like is, is Cardano? So Solana is Ethereum. like, I feel like Solana is the personality of, you know, the guy that makes his Volkswagen look like a Porsche. <laughs> by going to the junkyard a lot and buying like really nice or not really nice, but like, you know, he could do work with his hands. So he goes and he makes his Volkswagen look like a Porsche. And then mm. you've seen people like that. I've yeah. never seen a Volkswagen that looks like a Porsche. I've seen well, Porsches. They'll, they'll, basically Porsches. Take the, they'll take the, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll use the frame of whatever car they have. And then they'll change the, um, the exterior to make it look like a different mm. part. That's what I think Solana is. I think Solana is really crappy. It's good at one thing, but it's got a really good marketing team behind it. And it's got a nice color, you know, that purple, that fuchsia. It's got some, you know, a nice logo. But I like what Corey's doing. He's adding some notes. Bitcoin is a snooze. <laughs> that lime green on ETH. I can't even read that lime mm. green. What does that say? Uh, ETH, it says too expensive to use. USDT. Let's move it into a dark green. Tether, not real backing. Nobody understands it. 
right? The tether bomb. I think the tether bomb is going to be something in crypto that is like the biggest myth that never uh, materializes, right? Everybody thinks that one day tether is going to implode and drag everything down the hill. And it's like, that's not going to happen, guys. It's just not. I'm going to tell you why it's not going to happen. Where's my Negro Domus sticker? Can we throw that on there? Can we throw my Negro Domus sticker up there? <laughs> it's coming. Oh, my God. Oh, that's changed. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not what it used to look That is like. not the old Negro Domus. <laughs> but I'm okay with it. My third eye is very large. So that's okay. The reason why USDT is not going to implode is because too many really, really wealthy people have money in it. So they're not going to let it implode, period. All right. I know it sounds simple, but that's the reality. Quote me. Take, it, take me to court. Quote me. Write it down. The three people, that's right. If you're watching this right now, quote me. That's what's going to happen. This, nothing's going to happen with Tether ever. US and then we've got BNB laws. Why'd you put laws? It's Binance coin, bro. It's Binance. Bro. Yeah. Laws. Binance. <laughs> go, laws. Run, go run a Binance node. Tell me go how you do it. Law contracts. How, how much how much like how different is Binance now from when they forked it from Ethereum? It's the EVM. It's just run by like three nodes that right. actually run. Okay. But like in terms of updates to anything, the EVM or I don't smart know how, I don't know how close they are in terms of keeping up with the uh, geth. Yeah, they've made a few altered changes, of course, because the this mechanism is not anything useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know. How, I don't. I don't know about their capability to, to like roll back transactions or censor mm-hmm. trends. I mean, they, of course, censor things because it's a, just a few notes, but. Mm-hmm. In terms of rolling back things, I'm not sure. I haven't looked into it. It's like I've heard from countless people that it's impossible to run a node if they let you. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So like gotcha. having having independent node runners keep up with the state of things is basically impossible. I don't know how they're reporting their numbers. It's apparently a lot, but they're probably how about XRP? Like how does how does their uh XRP is their... in the blockchain? That's that's a financial technology for Ripple. Banks. It's just, it's like XRP is banking 2.0. XRP is trying to replace Swift. Yeah, but what does what it look which like? Is, which is a reasonable thing they want to do. But I think no Ripple nodes, is trying no to replace Swift. I don't know the reason for XRP. The, the, the combination of Swift and XRP, or sorry, of Ripple and XRP, I don't know the marriage of those two things. I don't know okay. why you need XRP. I don't think you do. That's, so, why okay. that's why they're in court. That's why they're in court. To be honest, I've been here there. So, like, if someone wants to come on the show and try and explain that to me, I'd be yeah. happy to talk. Well, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Tried to come on the show. Luciano wants to talk about Hex. Hex is garbage. It's it's the best made Ponzi in all of Ponzi that have ever Ponzi. It's it's really it's really it's a well made. It's a so very well made. Awesome. You have to talk to yeah. You talk talk to Joe. <laughs> I don't think it's to be fair. I don't think it's doing yeah. anything illegal. Here's another shame yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, it's just it's you're a... funneling money yeah. into Richard Hart. He's laughing about it, but funny enough, you can probably make a profit from it. 
there's just no there's no reason for it other than funneling money to Richard Hart and potentially making gains from funneling money to Richard Hart. That's it. That's that's as best as I can understand it. No, there's nuance that you're missing out when you say okay. that, Corey. I'm sure there yeah. is. I haven't. But, but and 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 the way people and yeah, I, I I get it. I actually again because like I I'm open. I'm pretty fucking receptive to a lot of shit, right? But I can I can kind of put my foot down and kind of delineate what makes sense and makes doesn't make sense. When when everybody says Hex is a well crafted Ponzi, one they're not operating on a on a and on a completely accurate definition of what exactly a Ponzi is. But for most people, it saying the phrase Ponzi is enough to kind of encapsulate the gist of it. Because at the end of the day, if you look at the dynamics of how hex value appreciates, you essentially lock hex, you get additional hex at a, at a nonlinear rate. Um, And if Richard Hart didn't, anyway, I could I could talk more to it, but there is nuance that you're missing. But essentially, it's a CD. It's a. I just don't think I like Corey. I wouldn't recommend people get into it. It's just you. But as a, as a as an intellectual it curiosity, the, the it's interesting. Of its success is Richard Hart not walking away. Why would he walk away? I don't know, because he's making so much money. So there's not, no reason yeah. for him to walk away. But he is a, a complete single point of failure. I'd be interested to see a project that cloned Hex on mm-hmm. something like Avalanche that removed uh, the funnel to this this primary account that gets all of the proceeds from just about every transaction that happens on the platform. Apparently, there there, happened, there, there exist clones on Ethereum, but they're not yeah. successful. For reasons well, that I'd say, his, his, the bootstrapping mechanism he used to get Bitcoin people to be involved, mm-hmm. and a lot of the marketing dynamics that are shady, yeah, made the platform successful. In the I agree. Place. I so agree. like get it to a point where people made enough money that they can then proselytize it to others. Yeah, and then they made money. 100%. And then they made money. Hundred percent. And so now it's, it's like a very much like a Ponzi in that yeah, the well, proceeds come from new people coming in in a lot of ways. That's not a Ponzi, but it's exactly what a Ponzi is. A Ponzi mm-hmm. is I make money by getting other people to put money in. No, that's an MLM. That's not a Ponzi. It, but but even an MLM is no 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 like like that's that's the thing that's what I'm saying like people bastardize definitions of certain probably, phrases. Exactly, it's exactly that we we're both doing it. Like there's a specific definition that's only relevant to what a Ponzi is, but everybody in in colloquial English we just say it's a Ponzi when you put money in. And yeah. basically, like last it, one out loses. It's a more well-defined way of saying it's a scam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Richard Hart is going to be Hart. making a lot of money, and he's going to do it for a really long time because people believe in this. I got a dude on Facebook. hits me up all the time about Hex. He's like, man, you should really come to these Hex uh, learning sessions that I go to on a weekly basis. And I'm just like, bro stop like stop it and he's in it like he's in it but he every time i ask him the simple questions like can you like are you making money off that he's like well and i'm like like have you made like have you made any money like real money Mm -hmm. like have you backed it out of the usd have you increased your purchasing power and he's like well well no you know 
No, is the answer to that. But like, here's it's the same dynamics of like NFT projects that have like DeFi aspects, like your chicken, for instance. Like, if you couldn't sell, if there wasn't enough liquidity in the market to sell your chicken NFT, at least you're lowering your initial position, like your initial investment into the chickens by selling, you know, um, assets that are created by essentially participating with the chicken, you know, the egg or the feed. Like, you're dumping those actively in order to break even on your initial investment, right? And so like, that's the way to approach these things for the people, like exactly what Corey was saying for hex, the people who, who did the, the Bitcoin to hex conversion at the, at the launch of hex are the ones who are making the most money and proselytizing it as exactly what Corey's saying is, is like, it's a solution. It can make you money. And unfortunately there are people who don't, it's a very simple concept if you're early to make money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a little bit of ignorance and, and the simplicity of the narrative that you're going to make money. Mm-hmm. But How do we sell this NFT that Corey's making? Let's talk real talk. How do we sell it? Yeah, let's do an auction. Well, I, I mean, I, the last one I made, I just gave it away for free. How dare you, Jesse? <laughs> like, yeah. Wayne has them all. He has 10, I think, of the last <laughs> one I made. I have a few of my own. Like original I think it was... I think it was our founding father, George Washington, that said, if you're good at something, never do it for free. What the fuck is BUSD? <laughs> it's, it's fucking a lie. What are you talking about? It's absolutely true. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, oh, sure. no, no, no. That was the Joker from The Dark Knight. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got those two confused. <laughs> got those two really confused. My bad. My bad on that. Great. All right, so of the top 13 projects. It's crazy. One, two, three, four, five, six have any potential merit, in my opinion. Circle, At, circle I'll, I'll give Cardano and Solana a, a modicum of merit. I think there's three so on. It's pretty interesting. It is, but it's. It's just build a fucking database. Like, there's no point. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. But like the way they're doing the things, it's interesting. From like a from like a sure, technical I'll, standpoint. I'll, I'll pull whatever interesting research they they come up with. Yeah, that's better on something else. Sure. But as a platform, I'm not too excited about. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Doge well, yeah, is transitioning into proof of stake. I'm curious to see how that goes. I did not uh, know that. They are, and Vitalik is apparently helping, from what I've read. What? I have no idea what the. USD is Avalanche is, in my opinion, one of the most novel projects in the entire ecosystem uh, that has potential to scale. Bitcoin Ethereum, everyone knows who they are. They're the you know ketchup and mustard of the entire ecosystem. USDC, reasonable stable currency backed by your real US dollars. It's dot. dot. Oh, it's Polkadot. It's the uh, it's oh okay okay. okay. That Polkadot is a reasonable differentiated project it suffers from it probably suffers from potential scaling issues at the consensus layer because it's standard traditional byzantine fault fault algorithm see how it goes but it's built in a very interesting way that i think has merit surprised that you know cosmos is on here but i think that there's three on there that are worth a damn and that's btc ETH. oh adam is 20 so like we're like Think about this, right? Look at this. Look at this picture. All like, there's so much garbage in the top. Wait, but you do need. Why stable would someone funds, look right? at this ecosystem and say they really got something going on? 
they really got what? They really got something going on. These guys are oh, yeah. something. No, like, there's absolutely no reason. Get, from a technical perspective, there's serious problems with the majority of the top 20 tokens. Yeah. But but people don't know that. They just buy it. The market will catch up, though. The Yeah, yeah, yeah it will. Right, Jesse. Will it? I That's, think it will Corey, in time. For most GPPs that are that do have the courage to dive into crypto, they think they're stocks. There's not a difference. They call yeah. them shares. They call them uh-huh. shares. They they yeah. want, they're asking the same questions like the they're Wall Street bets people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, to them, I can't argue with them. From the outside looking in, I'm like. Hey, I mean, that's that's how everybody got into the space. I mean, like Bitcoin was that it was like you look at it like like an asset that you're buying a slice of and then, you know, you write it up. Yeah. It's going to be valuable as shit, though. I know that much. It's a valuable assets out here. I know. Go ahead. Think this thing. What do I call it? Uh, Let's go the top top 13 crypto token law. I don't know. You gotta capitalize that T because of grammar. Top 13 cryptos. You know, if you look at the subreddits of different projects, like different uh, L1s, there's a lot of people that are like aching to learn more than just speculate and invest. And I like, I'm, I mean, it happens every cycle, right? Because once things go bearish, people are like, you know how how do i how do i like if they want to they'll make the plunge like how do i get more involved with it but you don't see that behavior happen during the bull market as it's running up hey luciano said hnt project created the greatest utility in crypto i've seen so far that's (laughs) handshake that's hnt i don't know what hnt is hold on why are we holding on helium Helium. Yeah. Is it helium? Helium is great. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah, helium. Yeah. It's a really interesting project. Um, I'm interested to see how they expand behind uh beyond what they're currently doing, which is a long range long range, range Wi-Fi mesh sharing and then yeah, it's, it's like for, you it's for like Internet of Things currently. Yep. Yep. Um, the people who I've known to to do these things have uh made a significant profit off providing this mesh in more urban areas. Mm-hmm. Actually, funny enough. When- no, 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 rural areas. If you get elevation in rural areas, you can make a killing. You actually get more ROI if you're the first node. Yeah, you don't like want to be area. saturated in a place where everyone exactly. gets it. Like if you're exactly. the one place to do it, then you're going to get a lot more. Exactly. Um, so you got you to gotta go to a desert, and you got to like put a really tall antenna and stick your node up there for helium mm-hmm. it's the people get a but, uh you know we, we interviewed um alley mm-hmm. right yeah the, paint, the painting a day yeah mm-hmm. she got hit up after that from helium and sponsored. she asked me to like vet them and i remember um Stephen mackie who was yeah. gosh, quite a few times in the past and we do block channel work mm-hmm. uh, He's, he, he was touting them when they first started, and they've been they've been chugging along, making new products, continuing to develop, and increasing the bandwidth of uh, overall, like first increasing the coverage of their service and increasing the bandwidth of 
what you can get for that dimension. They may actually have a full Wi-Fi mesh around mm. the line. So like, I think it's a very interesting project. I like that idea yeah. of like, giving people hardware and then that hardware providing a mesh service and incentivizing the people who provide the service to those people who use it. Are there that. any like vulnerabilities to like home networks? Like, is there is there I don't think security? Yeah, I mean, those things are pretty well isolated from your home network. Gotcha. But there was one. There was a there was a VPN product. I forget what it was called. I don't think it was a DVPN. Um, something else that basically like is a open door to your entire network. Oh, or like you download that piece of software to the node, and then you run that software, and it's like, hey, uh, would you like access to my entire network? Here you go. <laughs> and I think they may have fixed it. That was a long time ago, but like mm-hmm. you, have to, you have to do weirder stuff like that for sure. Gotcha. Yeah, I think like for the helium stuff, it doesn't work if you're around a lot of trees. I thought, but. Mm. No, is there anything big news-wise that's happened in crypto that kind of took you guys by some? Well, Alicia just posted something um, that there was six million dollars in Ethereum line signing. So oh, Lu- Luciano from- Ropero just says you're not sharing your Wi-Fi. You're pr- you're proving LORA coverage. Yeah, I don't know enough yeah. about that. Yeah, you're not sharing Wi-Fi on those things. LORA gotcha. long range. The devices themselves provide the lower. It's long range. It's a it's a it's a it's a low bandwidth long range uh coverage for like IoT devices, not for like your phone connecting to Wi-Fi. Um and that's the initial implementation of the network they're trying to do, and that coverage has gotten pretty broad. I think the next iteration is trying to start to do Wi-Fi stuff. Last time I looked at it, I'm not sure if they've done it. Luciano, you seem to know, you might know. The future is gonna be trippy, man. I know. I just got this thing at work. It's pretty dope. Like mm-hmm. I could shoot Wi-Fi out three miles from like yeah. point with these antennas. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, there's a dish on Am- uh, Amazon. You can buy like, focused. Yeah, yeah. It's just a straight beam. That's so like, Yeah. What happens if someone puts aluminum foil in the beam? It doesn't work. <laughs> Hey man, it's a legitimate question. I just want to yeah. how good is your answer? <laughs> well, how big is the aluminum? <laughs> like yeah. how if it's, oh. it's because they're so because they're so focused, if you get in the way of that beam, it doesn't work. Like, they need to be line of sight. What about uh what about what if a vision gets up in there? I don't depend on that much. <laughs> you know, the pigeons are actually I mean uh, pigeon is like a water, right? It's like, it's like bone and water and fiber water. So like, it'll go right through. It really won't matter. The pigeons are actually spreading uh, 5G microbes. That's a conspiracy I found on the internet. Huh? Yeah, Yeah. no. (laughs) No, I think depending on like the the distance that you get the satellite or the the little dish, the antenna array, whatever, you can cast it like some like 25 miles away. Or not is it 25 or 25 kilometers and uh, like the wavelength of the signal is like it can it can pass through pretty small objects so you don't need to really worry okay well i think we can wrap this is a good show back try to get into the groove here um 
we're zooming through these episodes one a week, so we can only zoom so fast. But what we would like you all to do is recommend the guests that we can have on for episode 400. Um, you know, hop into the Slack at the bitcoinpodcast.com. Go to, sorry, go to the bitcoinpodcast.com, push the button that says Slack, and uh, join the Slack. And well, thank you, Luciano. He said, this, great, this is a great show. The three of you are amazing. Look at that. Look at that. We will do something with this NFT at some point once I figure out how to do blind signing. Lucy, I'll tell you this. If you like the Bitcoin podcast, you're going to love hashing it out. We're going (laughs) to, I'm really excited to just kind of change the tone of things that we present to you guys and do things that we really want to do. So I'm excited about it. And join Uh, the Slack, join the Slack first and foremost, because if you're not already in there, there's a lot of good conversation that happens there. We're going to do some shameless plugging now, right? So let's do a little bit of shameless plugging. Corey works with a company called Status. You can check that out. What is it, Status? Status.network? What's the website, Corey? Status.im. Status, status.im. Check out Status. Uh, Jesse and I are working on a project called, and also a gentleman by the name of Michael, who's in the Slack, who's a builder extraordinaire. Excuse me. We are working on a DAO that is more than just a glorified chat room with three people holding a multi-sig address. We're actually trying to build a distributed autonomous organization on top of Algorand, uh, which is one token we didn't get a chance to talk about today, but I think it deserves to be a little bit higher on the list of tokens that are worth stuff. Um, and uh, if, if you want to go, if you want to join that Discord to the DadDAO, go to daddow.org. Well, I'm going to type right here so you can, boom, go there. DadDAO.org. It'll take you to the You'll see a bunch of dads. And you know, getting a remix on that, Corey. Um, every, Wednesday, every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern time, we have town hall sessions. Um, and you could join the town hall and figure out the progress that's being made with the dad DAO. Um, but we, I, I think some pretty awesome stuff is going. We have, Jesse, you can please correct me if I'm wrong, please. But we will be able to verify that you are a human uh, and verify your role in the DAO um, using the DAD token. We can't verify that you're a human. What we can do is we can bind the Discord ID to the account that holds the ASA asset. Yeah. So it's an NFT, and it's basically going to scan your Algorand wall to see if you have it. And if you do have it, then you do get access to the Discord. If you don't have it, then you don't. Yeah, so it's it's essentially what, what D's saying is it's a, an ASA or like an NFT, which is specific to Algorand, as access to the Discord. Yeah, which is neat. I think it's novel, to tell you the truth. In my eyes, it feels novel because I, I, don't, I don't know, Corey. It's novel to Algorand to some degree, but it's not a novel idea. Is it novel? Like Solana, I think, does it too, right? Right, right. A lot of the There's, other networks are building in native NFTs, basically, which allow for these types of things. 
Um, yeah, we're going to be proposing a new standard probably for Algorand to encompass the, what we're going to be ooh. doing. Yeah. I like standards. We're doing real well. Jesse and Michael are doing real work. I am the marketer. So Hype man. it's my job to communicate to you, the listeners, of what we're building. <laughs> Right. And the best way for me to explain it is it is an incubator slash uh, with a little bit of Shark Tank flavoring to it. It's a school. It's a school that pipelines talented people to create their ideas. So hey, it's like it's not necessarily a launch. Yeah. I mean. Hey, don't suck. Come hang out with Dad Dow. Pretty much. <laughs> we called it the Dad Dow because dads are dope. Dads are cool. If you, if you don't. You don't have a dad. If you don't have a dad, you can join a dad down and get one. You know? Is that going too far? Is that going too far, Jesse? I don't know. It's up to you, dude. You're all right. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's wrap it. So wrap this up. Uh you can become a patron, but you know, I'm just gonna be honest with you. We're about to switch to hashing it out, so <laughs> I mean, we'll do something for whatever, whatever the patrons are doing now. We'll do something for them too, right? Like, yeah. whatever, whatever we migrate to, if you're currently a patron, you will get whatever the hell the equivalent is over there too. You're not going to get left out. Please join our Slack. Our mm-hmm. Slack is actually growing. Slack is the best place to go. Our sure. Slack is growing at a yeah. rate I am comfortable with. It's growing at a rate where we can continue to have it be a little bit quote unquote walled. It's not literally walled. Like you don't have to pay to be in there. It's free. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 type of individuals that um, that mag that, that 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 gravitate towards the Slack are just you guys are geniuses, man. I think I think there's like billion dollar ideas just sitting. There's a lot of talented like, people there for sure. It's, it's some it's some talent, some genius level shit going on that Slack all the time. Uh, yep. You know. Power users, crypto power users are what, you know, if you're listening to this show because you stumbled upon us through the Google algorithms and you're like, where can I go to get pure, uncut, uh, unadulterated genius? Go to the Slack. I'm not lying. I'm not saying that just because we built it. I'm saying it because it's true. There's not a lot of communities I've seen that are like it. All right. So what's next? Uh, I don't even know that is. Oh yeah, the podcast app. You know, give us five stars. Why not? You know, we then we can compete with Joe Rogan, right? <laughs> we're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> um, now we're gonna do some shoutouts. I'm pretty sure that's the Winter Soldier playing Tommy from the Pam and Tommy Tommy Lee show that's coming up. They need a show. Yeah, apparently. Um, their sex tape was so popular in the 90s. I watched it. That they <laughs> was it on Blue Jazz? <laughs> yeah. I probably downloaded it on Kazaa. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? I, I, I may even have the VHS. Who knows? <laughs> the sex tape was such a good hack for celebrities. So, like, how do we make porn? They were the first to like take fame from sex tape. Yeah. Like, how do we make porno money without doing a porn? Oh, we're going to say somebody broke into our house and broke into our safe and stole the DVD of us boning. And that's 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 that. Like they didn't take anything else. They just took our personal porn and then they distributed it. And then somehow I made money off of that. 
totally not porn. Uh, Nick Cannon, shout out to you, man. You've got like 80,000 kids and you're not bashful about it. Nick Cannon's hilarious. It's what's not hilarious, obviously, is his pipe game because that man has so many kids. How many kids does he have? Kids. He's got like seven or eight kids. Oh, okay. He is piping. He's got money to support it. (laughs) He ain't got the time. That's a damn sure. Those kids are not getting those kids. Those kids are tax breaks. That's what those kids are. Uh, We got got, uh, old long neck and wide face. Zoe Saldana looking good, girl. Looking real good there. That's a good picture of you, too. I hope I get to meet you someday. Maybe when you're done with that lawsuit for fucking with that shitty ICO in 2017, you can come on the show and tell us all about it. Ooh, all right. That'd be a great interview. Oh, God. Can we get that interview? Alicia, work on that. Yeah, let's get let's get Zoe Saldana on the show. We've been giving her shout-outs for four years. I feel like it's time. I feel like it's time. I'm going to ask her how she learned um, those twerking maneuvers in drumline. <laughs> All right, next person. <laughs> I think that's it. We can wrap up. So go to daddow.org. Become a dad. Get in there early so you can get all the benefits of being early, right? And then uh, learn how we're building what we're building. And if you do have marketing chops, I can use your help. Join Dad Dow. All right. Play the outro.